In the previous episode, you can hear more about my backstory and how I left the corporate aerospace engineering world to find my own path. If you want to find out the number one thing you shouldn't do when changing careers, go check it out. Are you feeling stuck in your career and life? I'm Chris, and in 2018, I was sick of my job, I quit, and I decided to go traveling around Asia. I wanted to do my own thing. After trying lots of different business ideas and making a lot of mistakes along the way, I finally found a new path and qualified as a coach. This podcast is me documenting my journey as a coach on a mission to help you find a career that matters to you. And going beyond your career, you'll get all the tools you need to smash your personal projects too. Are you ready to close the gap on where you want to be? Let's go! Hi guys, on today's podcast we have Sarah Stevens. Sarah's a good friend of mine and she has a track record in technology and as an entrepreneur. Having worked as a software engineer and consultant for 14 years for a number of financial and employment companies, Sarah's also co-founded Southampton's number one nightlife attraction on TripAdvisor, Bring and Mix. For Sarah's latest project, she is the chief technology officer and co-founder of Restless, which is a social impact business. Restless are on a mission to help and inspire over 50s to get more out of life. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Please tell us more about Restless, your latest project. Absolutely. Uh, We'd love to. So Restless, as you mentioned, Restless is a social impact business. The mission is to help and inspire the over 50s to get more out of life. And that's in as many areas of life as we can approach, really. Initially, it was in the jobs area, and we still are very much supporting uh, the over 50s in in the employment section. We're also looking to give tips and some insights into money and, and how you manage your finances. And also underpinning all of that is kind of this community of peers over 50s that can help and support each other. So a real all-rounder type of business, actually, that, that helps people, essentially. Yeah, sounds very exciting. And I think it's a great idea where people are kind of retiring and then not knowing entirely what to do after they retire yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's quite a few different types of, obviously the over 50 is a huge, huge section. Some people, they, they do have the luxury of being financially stable and being able to retire and do those more free experiences where they don't have to consider their finances so much. And then there's obviously those who do have to work and do have to worry about their finances. So lots of different types of people that we need to think about. Yeah, it sounds like a very exciting uh, idea. So Could you please tell our listeners what you were doing previously before Restless? Yeah, definitely. So you kind of lightly touched on it at the beginning and I have a fairly long history in technology. So around 14 years now, I started very much as a software engineer and then into being a software consultant working with big corporate financial institutions and worked for them for a number of years across London and New York, either through a consultancy or directly working for them. And whilst I was doing that, I felt that I wasn't getting the creative side or the impact being a part of a big corporate means that sometimes you feel like a a small cog and you don't have a lot of what you do is kind of the aggregate impact of a large group of people rather than 
your individual contributions. And so I started a side gig with my partner and we co-founded Bring and Mix. And that was very much something we were doing on the side and was low risk to learn something. I'd, I'd considered doing an MBA and we decided that it was very expensive. So some of the money that we would have put into that, we put into our side gig. And that gave me a bit of inspiration to jump and go on and do something a little bit different. But yeah, a mix of corporate largely corporate background then a bit of a side gig and now on to restless that's great and so you mentioned being like a small cog in big corporation Mm -hmm. what did you enjoy about working for a corporation and then also not enjoy being a small cog Things that I did not enjoy around corporate was the feeling this the small cog in this huge machine. So and also there's a lot of red tape. I think this will sound familiar to a lot of your listeners around anyone that's worked for big corporates. There's lots of red tape, there's lots of hoops to jump through in order to get change implemented or something. Just even to deliver something, it takes a long time. And also I didn't really feel a part of something bigger and I was really searching for purpose and a sense of yeah, doing something something good with my time and, and my efforts. And so that's, that's one of the reasons I moved into the startup. And so the one other thing I'd, I'd probably mention is my previous title and the company that I worked for, because they were big, it seemed to have held more weight, even though the title I have now is, is bigger, it's for a much smaller unknown company. So it doesn't carry as much weight with it. So the conversation, maybe if I'm trying to have a conversation around business development or engaging with other people, I have to work harder to prove my worth, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So yeah, having worked for a corporation is it's good because you yeah, you kind of have that prestige of working for a corporation. But then there's exactly. also kind of downsides as well, like you mentioned, the red tape and change taking a long time to kind of implement. And I, I found that frustrating as well, working for a large uh, FTSE 100 engineering firm that I'm very creative and I'd come up with lots of ideas and because there's so many regulations in the aerospace industry it's hard to actually bring about change and yeah that was quite frustrating for me and I did something similar in starting a side hustle yeah as well yeah so and what else inspired you to start a side hustle that bring a mix yeah that was a combination of things I think I was In the role that I was in, I was working hard, but I felt like I had more to give. And some of my more creative ideas, as we just discussed, weren't being heard or enacted on. That's not necessarily the fault of the business. They just possibly didn't have time to allocate to it. So my partner and I had had discussed the possibility of doing an MBA to take my skills from being technical skills up to having those business skills right and once you're I'm sure as an engineer you'd understand once you're down the technical track it's then very hard to be seen as somebody in the business side of things and how do you cross that bridge and have people listen to what you have to say in terms of business insights and expertise so that's why we considered the MBA and and after researching MBAs it's quite important to have a good school to go to and a good cohort to be with but those kind of schools and cohorts cost a hell of a lot of money actually Mm. and so when we did the financial sums it just didn't make a lot of sense so we thought we'd take just a fraction of that cash and push it into an idea that we had in order to try and upskill in terms of the business skill sets. It was nothing related to technology at all. That being said, the technology skills did help in order to be able to get our product out online. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that you considered an MBA to, like you say, be seen more seriously from a business perspective. Mm. Um, because you wanted to make that transition. But instead of going with the financial and time commitment of an MBA, you decided to start yeah, the side hustle that, that's been uh, very successful. And what did you learn from that experience of setting up your side business? Yeah, lots of things. So yeah, definitely. Um, so the side business was a, a, around cocktails and a cocktail service. We knew a lot about drinking cocktails, but not a lot about <laughs> yeah. um, actually creating them. So but it, that was a real learning experience in terms of business skills, doing something, giving you confidence to start something that you knew absolutely nothing about and actually making a go of it. We learned how to do something I've taken from software development and pushed into bring a mix actually was iterative cycles and iterative development. And so rather than doing one big bang, like let's open something massive and see how big we can go. It was kind of let's test the market. So learning how to test the market and do market research and get feedback and change your business based on that feedback, seeing if that really works. And then marketing, right? That was a whole new ball game to me. It really just knew not very much about it at all to then trying to market on Facebook, on Google, on Instagram, and how to kind of create a following and get people engaged with something that they they knew nothing about before, especially when the competition was fairly, not massive, but fairly big in the area, right? How, how do you differentiate yourself from that? So that's there's quite a few things yeah. there. Yeah, like <laughs> Testing products, bringing products to market and and your marketing and social media marketing. Yeah, it's yeah. lo- loads of good skills. So how did you manage doing two things at the same time with still being in the corporate world and managing your side hustle? Yes, that was hard work. I'm not going to lie. Absolutely exhausting for the both of us, actually. I was very fortunate that my partner was in it with me. And so we were able to bear the load together. That. Yeah. I am in awe of those that do it out on their own is really something quite impressive. But I think you have to be extremely organized, extremely structured with your time, have a plan. I personally had to also tell my corporate role that I was doing this just because there could be a conflict of interest. Obviously, cocktails and investment banking, there isn't really, it's hard to see a link there, but you have to just announce it just in case so they know about it. And so my, I had to inform my boss and they were largely supportive, actually. Yeah, which was great because it just meant that perhaps on a Friday when I had to go down into Southampton, I was able to sort of come into work early or make the hours up during the week and leave at say 3.30 or 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon to Mm. catch the train down and work that evening at the bar. So yeah, it was organisation, hard work and effort and a lot of research. And then that's not sustainable though, right, Chris? So you can't do that forever. And so knowing when the right time to bring somebody else in was important for us in order to do the cocktails we had to bring an expert in to teach us so we we absolutely had to had to do that so yeah you mentioned the organization and being able to share some of the workload and also just being open with your current employer about what you're doing so you were able to have a bit of flexibility and when you could leave and yeah yeah, I think that's important as well because it can be quite a tricky conversation to have with your employer that you're doing something else on the side but they can be understanding and it's just worth having that conversation. Totally it's it's definitely worth framing it in the right 
way to employer rather than saying like, hi, here's what I want to do. I'm going to go off and do this by myself because I want to improve me. If you're having a chat with your employer about it, it, you should be really spinning in a way that helps the business. So I'm going to do this in my spare time. It's going to teach me a whole bunch of business skills so I can be better at my job when I come back to work the following week. So having that spin on it takes the concern away slightly for the employer, I think. Yeah, that's true. So going back to how you transitioned then from the corporate world to your latest startup, Restless, how did that go about that transition? What kind of instigated it? I was out in New York. I got promoted to the next level up. If you get, if you're looking for another promotion, you're talking at least three to four years realistically, unless you land on a dream project. The project that I was working on, I kind of wrapped up. I was moving back to the UK. I was financially stable. I was in a really good financial position at the time. I had kind of assessed my own personality and kind of the traits that I have and what I enjoy doing and where they best sit. So, and I think you have to be really honest with yourself about those types of things. I know I'm not good in business as usual mode or maintenance mode. I'm just really not great in that situation. Where I am good is starting something new and really throwing myself into it and delivering. So knowing that about yourself, kind of that kind of made me think, oh, do I still want to stay on a a maintenance project long term? And one thing that maybe this is maybe more of a women's thing, (laughs) I hit 32 and it's rammed down your throats that fertility rates drop at the age of 35. And I know people can start businesses when they have kids and things like that. But I think for me, it was like if, if my partner and I do decide to have a family at some point, in the it would have to be in the near future and so I wouldn't want to start a new business at that time so now was Mm. everything kind of just came together and my partner was massively supportive and so it was just right let's go let's uh, move back to the UK and and go for it yeah so there are a number of things in alignment for you to make that decision but and how did the opportunity come about so I can't labour this point enough. My network, that's what made it happen. I had a number of mentors and sponsors and I reached out to them. I said, I'm looking for something smaller. I'm looking for something with a social business impact. I still want to be tech. I need to upskill and I'd like to be the one making the decisions. Right. So mm. all those kind of criteria start to narrow it down as to what it is that fits that criteria. And I spoke to a lot of those people within my my network, some of who were already doing the CTO role, some who had been co-founders or founders and exited, some were still running their own business. And they said, oh, well, let me put you in touch with a few people. And I had a sit down with it, probably three or four businesses. And then I met my co-founder and it was just him and a pitch deck. And we had a chat and I just really connected with his mission and, and took it from there. But one of the things that that I think helped me alongside that as well as my network with getting in contact with with my co-founder Stuart was that I was able to convince Stuart to to partner with me actually on a business idea because I'd done the side gig um, and got that extra experience I'd gone out there and I'd shown that yeah not only do I enjoy the technical side of things but those skill sets I knew that I was lacking I went out there and tried to fill that gap and those two combined along with a number of years trying to like save and be financially savvy enabled me to kind of unlock that door and go and pursue what I wanted to do. 
That's brilliant. So you had a bit of financial stability that helped you make this transition to this new opportunity. And through conversing and, well, from chatting to people in your network and looking at a number of different opportunities, you found one that was right for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. And so you mentioned it can be quite hard work and it might be more hours, but what's the best thing about your new venture? There are lots of things that are pretty awesome about it, actually. So up the top there are that we are actually changing lives. We are we are getting customer feedback and we are making a difference to people. And some are in, in despair, actually. We're really making a difference socially. So that's a really, really good feeling. I know I said I'm upskilled from Bring a Mix, but this is a next level up. It's like I have got exposure to how you set up a bigger business, how you go out for VC money. It's a tech startup. So again, it's it's slightly different and building a whole team, actually. We have a fantastic team and I absolutely love working with them. So that's really good. And I've really enjoyed shaping the culture. Like that's been a huge thing for me as well. I've I've helped to build that culture and there's, uh, there's no way I would have had this kind of level of impact. I think is what all, a lot of those things come down to is the level of impact and direction that you're able to have and set is phenomenal. So yeah, making a difference and learning lots of new skills on top of the kind of entrepreneurial skills that you already had from your bring and mix experience. Yeah. And could you tell the listeners about the funding aspect what what you've been doing in that regards it's not just who will give us some money to build our fantastic idea it's kind of like who can we work with on a long-term basis and who do we actually want in our business so you want them to believe in you and be invested in you as a business okay we we did go out for an additional round end of last year and we were very fortunate to get another well-known US firm to invest in us. And the VC market is very interesting, not something that I'd really dealt at all with before going into this. Yeah, it sounds like a very exciting space and especially being able to work with big investors to grow your company even further. Yeah, the wealth of knowledge that those people have is incredible because if you think about it, they're investing in these companies and so they're getting insight information into everything so they can learn and bring that to you as well. Brilliant. So, yeah, thanks very much for telling us about your journey from the corporate world to entrepreneur to startup that's that's getting uh, significant investment from venture capitalist firms. So what advice would you have for our listeners that potentially considering starting a side hustle? Yeah, sure. Definitely. If you don't already have a network, build one, build a network, really important. Find your sponsors, find your mentors. And those two are quite different it's sponsor is somebody who has influence and so they're able to actually advocate for you and make something happen whereas mentors are more sort of around the guidance space and giving insights so i definitely say build network i think you have to assess your worst case scenario so what does worst case lo- actually look like for you is it that you have no money coming in, partner leaves and you're struggling to pay your mortgage. And do you have a way to kind of fix that and manage that? So for me, I had two spare rooms that I could rent out and I had some savings that could support me for a year and a half on a very minimalistic lifestyle. Mm. So I think you have to be very confident that you can take that jump and that where that uh, line is, is different for everybody. So that has to be an individual assessment, I think, for each person. 
I would say do the side gig totally if you can afford to in not just financially, but also personally, the things that you're willing, you're having to give up. If you're looking to do a career change, don't undersell your transferable skills. I think there's a lot of things that you have in your day-to-day job that you might not realise are transferable. And there's the amount of times I've been through some of the CVs that bring a mix. Obviously, bar work's quite transient and people will come in and they will leave and they'll go on to do other things. And so one of the things we try and do with the team is to review their CV when they want to move on and trying to take some of the skills that they've learned at the bar and say, well, actually, that's something that can help you in an operations role, right? Like taking stock and organizing a team and being a bar manager, that's, there's lots of operational type skills sets there. So if you want to go for a, an office manager or that type of role, there's definitely things. And so breaking those skills down and looking at them and really figuring out what are transferable. And lastly, really, to just say it's never really too late. If you're taking measured risks and you're stable and you're comfortable, just go for it no matter where you are in life. I think it's a very good idea to yeah network and build those connections and like you say assess the kind of worst case scenarios and it's sometimes too easy when you're starting a side hustle to be overly optimistic but at least yeah. if you can come up with a plan and just manage the worst case before it even happens yeah exactly if you're comfortable at that if you're comfortable living at your parents and working out of your bedroom then that's great and go and do that and, and so really assessing what is worst case and if you're comfortable doing that then, then really go and go and do it mm. so yeah we covered quite a lot and so yeah thanks for being on the podcast sarah it's been really good having you on it's been great to talk thanks for having me chris In the next episode, I'll bring on another special guest to help you on your career change journey. Thanks for listening to the You in 5 Years podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, hit subscribe. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a five-star review. I read all the reviews and it will massively help to grow the podcast. Keep moving forward, guys. Until next time.